0: Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, practical Buddhism for the modern world. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 40 of the Toward Light podcast. For whatever reason, Episode 40 feels like a milestone. And I wanted to go back to my roots for a moment and share a little bit about the lineage of Buddhist teachings that I'm drawn to. I touched on this in episode one, and now feels like a good time to dive in a bit more. I'm sharing this reflection and hoping that you can listen to it in a few different ways. First, as an educational piece, hopefully learning something about Buddhism, Second, as relationship building, getting to know me a bit better so you can understand where my teachings come from. And third, as a personal reflection for yourself, what types of teachings and teachers are you drawn to and why? I'm not an expert on the history of Buddhism, and if this wets your whistle for more on the history, I recommend Buddhism, a concise introduction by Smith and Novak, which I've linked to in the show notes. I am rooted in Theravada Buddhism. This lineage is based on the teachings called the Pali Canon, which are said to be the earliest teachings of the Buddha. Pali was the language that the teachings were shared in and written down in, and Canon means collection of teachings. After the Buddha's death, as the Dharma spread to different countries, different types of Buddhism emerged. Theravada Buddhism is practiced in the countries we know today as Sri Lanka, Thailand, Cambodia, and Myanmar, among others. As other lineages were developed, Theravada was also sometimes referred to as as Hinayana Buddhism, which is somewhat pejorative. The Mahayana and Vajrayana traditions felt that Theravada was limited in scope, and so called it Hinayana or the small graph. Mahayana is often from Japan, China, Vietnam, and Korea. And another word that we hear a lot from Mahayana traditions are Zen traditions. Vajrayana teachings are the teachings that come from Tibet. All of these schools of Buddhism have multiple different lineages within them. So my Theravada looks different from somebody else's Theravada. A Korean Zen practitioner's practice looks different than a Vietnamese Zen practitioner, depending on teachers and lineages, there's a lot of diversity within all of this. So, back to my lineage, some words you might hear that people use interchangeably with Theravada are vipassana, which is actually one of the meditation practices that falls under Theravada. And another term you might hear is insight meditation or insight practice which is a Western word choice that essentially means Theravada. If you see a meditation center with the word insight in its title, it's most likely rooted in Theravada teachings. There are some important things to know about these teachings. About 2,600 years ago in northern India, a man named Siddhartha Gautama left his home to be a spiritual seeker and ended up becoming enlightened and sharing how he woke up with others important to understand the context to understand the sea that he was swimming in when he taught because it does color them in some ways. Northern India at that time was a patriarchy and was based on a caste system. The culture was widely influenced by Hindu and Jain teachings. When the Buddha taught, he was teaching with this as a backdrop. So some of the words and phrases he used or some of the concepts he taught drew from these other traditions and social mores. The Buddha was a rebel and did things like ordain women and denounce the caste system. And still, there were ways that he was a product of his time. For example, male monastics were, and still are, prioritized over female monastics. Also at that time, and still now in many countries, people dedicated to a spiritual path left their homes and became alms mendicants. Wanderers who have next to no possessions and rely on the alms or donations of others for food and shelter. When Siddhartha Gautama chose a spiritual path, he also chose to leave his wife and child. In the lineage of Buddhism that I practice, Theravada Buddhism, the advent of lay teachers or non monastics teaching the Dharma is very new. While there are models in the teachings of lay practitioners, there are not examples of lay people teaching the Dharma. So the teachings often refer to bhikkhus, monks, even though the teachings are for all of us. And because the teaching model is based on renunciation, celibacy, and leaving home, the relational teachings are limited. And yet, the Theravada tradition is what spoke to me. Why is that? What in this particular lineage and my lineage of teachers resonated with me? I was first exposed to Buddhist teachings at the Shambhala Mountain Center, which is a part of one of the Tibetan traditions. And while I dabbled in that tradition for years, it never became my home. However, when I went to my first sit with a Theravada teacher, I was immediately hooked. Part of it was a phase of life, a timing thing. It was a moment when I was able and ready to commit myself to a spiritual path. But it also struck me so deeply because it was practical. Practicing mindfulness was hard but accessible. Being with my present moment experience during the day was hard, but I could see the benefits right away. And the teachings that I heard, the Four Noble Truths, while foundational across all traditions, were taught in a way that was so simple and straightforward. The practical nature of the teachings and the applicability to my life felt like home. In my experience of Theravada Buddhism, i found the spirit of "ehipassiko" is woven throughout the teachings. This Pali word, Ehipasiko, is come and see for yourself. So the teachings are shared, but you experience them. We see it for ourselves. No one else can practice for us, and no one else can tell us the teachings. We need direct experience. We may get suggestions for ways to work with our practice. And we need to live the teachings ourselves. If a teacher says to me, I think it would be best for you to do this meditation period standing, and I don't want to, I can do it sitting and fall asleep and see that. And then maybe take their suggestion the next time and see how that experience is, right? Like I get to see for myself. I also appreciate that in the ways that Theravada Buddhism has been interpreted in the West, there's not a lot of ritual. Some teachers bring ritual and chanting in, but in general there's a lot of simplicity to the practice. My root teacher is Matthew Brensilver, some of his teachers are Gil Franzdahl and Michelle MacDonald, some of their teachers include Jack Cornfield, Ruth Dennison, and Saida Upandita. I'm also deeply influenced by other teachers I've learned from, particularly Greg Scharf, Joseph Goldstein, Joanna Hardy, and Mary Cavage. Some of their teachers include Ajahn Chah, Munindraji, and Deepa Ma. Maybe these names mean nothing to you, and that's okay. And if you're interested in what I talk about, it may be interesting to listen to talks or read from some of these teachers and see if they resonate with you. I will put a lot of links in the show notes. A place that I've practiced a lot is the Insight Meditation Society in Massachusetts. It's a retreat center, which is currently offering a lot of different things online. IMS was initially founded by Joseph Goldstein, Jack Kornfield, and Sharon Salzberg, I've sat retreat there with a bunch of different teachers, and one of the ways that practicing there has influenced me is that it's introduced me to different flavors of Theravada teachings, especially the Thai forest tradition and the Mahasi tradition. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of the differences. I will link to some resources. The important thing for me in seeing these different paths of practice has been seeing that there's no one right way to practice Buddhism. Different cultures and teachers have influenced how these teachings have been passed down, and we need to use our own wise discernment to decide how to best practice for us. Over my years of practice, I've spent time learning from different teachers, trying on different forms of practice, and I have had the same root teacher for almost eight years. So if I imagine myself as a tree, my teacher Matthew helps me stay connected to my roots, while still allowing new branches to grow and form. I'm still able to grow within my practice, within my foundation. It's interesting because I feel like there's a lot more to say. And at the same time, while I want you to know me and want you to understand where I'm coming from, I also want you to experience me freshly each time that you listen. So I'm not going to talk a lot more about this topic. I do hope that this brief introduction to Theravada Buddhism has been clarifying. And if not, I have put several resources in the show notes if you're interested in learning more or need clarification. And always you can write me or DM me and I can give you more info if needed. As I said in the beginning, I hope my reflection about how and why I connect with these teachings is sparking a similar exploration for you. What teachings resonate for you? What doesn't? Where is your interest and can you allow yourself to follow that? And I hope you know that even if you don't agree with 100% of what I say, you are so welcome here and I am grateful for your interest and for your practice. Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at TowardLight108 and the website is TowardLight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.